This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. I'm Sean Helch, and I'm joined by Dan Gillette and Tim Barley. We each serve in different roles at Valley Bible Church. And without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. All right. Well, welcome back to the Behold podcast. We are thankful you're with us. This is Sean and Dan, as usual, and today we have a, uh, a a quite the treat. Some some people call him brother. Some people call him friend. Me and Dan call him boss. Some people call him bachelor till the rapture. <laughs> wow, that's a good one. <laughs> who, who are those people? I want to know right now. Give me names. Uh, Mr. Tim Varley. Hi, Tim. What's up, dude? Hey, dude, you're looking fresh today. Man. Feeling fresh? I'm always, I, I'm always feeling fresh when I'm around you guys. I'm right. serious. You like raise my game. We keep for you sure. young. We keep yeah, you, you young. Do. You do. Oh boy. Uh, well, hey, it's good to be with you, fellas, and good to be with you, listener, wherever you are, wherever you're doing right now. We're just thankful that you're taking a chunk out of your day to just behold Christ to get together with us. You know, last week we wrapped up our Love and Liberty series which was just, a, at least for me personally, a great just reminder of uh, our attitudes and how to, to live in freedom and, and how to utilize that freedom for each other to, to benefit Christ's gospel and, and his image. And it's just a, a great transition now coming from that into the Christmas season. You know, how do we take those things and apply them in perhaps, like we said this last week, it's like the, the easiest month of the year to do that process and give glory to Christ without offending people. You know, people walk into Macy's and they're playing songs about Jesus. People got dolls and statues of baby Jesus in their house. Like it's everywhere. And so the opportunities are there. So we, with that, you know, we just launched our teaching series called Emmanuel, the kingdom of kept promises. Ooh, Mm. sounds very dramatic. Epic. Yeah. And we're in second Samuel and yeah, just it's, it's a great, opportunity to look at not just the, the, the instance of Christ coming, but really everything leading up to that. You know, if you, if you've spent any time reading scripture, especially the old Testament, you see that man Christ's coming was, was long anticipated Mm. and and long foretold by God through prophets, which is why it was so miraculous. So yeah, maybe just, you know, for me, it was two weeks ago when we started this for you guys, it was this last Sunday. So right from the get-go, what are some of the first things in this uh, Kingdom of Kept Promises series that God's making your heart kind of chew on and, and spin around? Yeah, first of all, some folks might have thought, why are we in the Old Testament in Second Samuel <laughs> Is that even the Bible? <laughs> yeah, and... Well, you mean just because just they'd expect us to be like looking at the, the gospel narratives, like the, the manger and the shepherds. And that's what you mean, right? Right. Yeah. Right. And so I hope people didn't miss that this is backstory, Yeah, you know, and it's so foundational to everything. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, personally, I'm a big fan of studying the character of David and his interactions with God are just so unique and foundational for us in, in, in so many ways. You know, I love this idea of David, you know, King David coming up with this amazing idea and <laughs> it gets denied. I was like, I'm good. <laughs> no, exactly. Thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. You know, and, and I remember when I was 
overseeing the high school ministry, one of the lines that I, I wish I counted the number of times I, I said this to, to students, when God says no to something now, he's saying yes to something better later. Wow. And just hold on to that because, you know, especially as, as kids, you, you just can't really grasp that concept. But I hope that some kids walked away remembering when God says no to something now, he's saying yes to something better later. And I just, I was thinking about that while Charlie was teaching that David didn't grasp the, you know, enormity of what that meant because God's saying Hey, I, I'm going to give you a house, and David's like, "Bro, I've, or God, I've already got, I've already got a house. Yeah. What are you talking about?" And of course, God was saying, "David, I'm going to give you a, a line, you know, a, 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 a this Davidic covenant that is going to change everything." And again, David didn't quite grasp it, but anyway, that that was what I was so excited about was going back before the manger, before the angels and Mary and, you know, all those things and saying it, it really, this is, this was kind of ground zero in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I love that idea. And we we kind of hinted at this last week, this is the origin story you know, I know there's a lot of, uh, Marvel and DC movies and series that are being made right now. And, and that's a huge thing. I mean, it's just there, there, there's so much intrigue in, in looking at how did so-and-so get to, to where they are now. And my guess is a lot of people who are listening or a lot of people in our church haven't recently thought about this, this, this promise of the Messiah, that there's this through line all throughout redemptive history of God promising, you know, to make all things right, you know, to, to redeem his people once and for all. And so, I think the hope for us is as we, as we, you know, this Christmas season is all about like wonder and awe and just, just like being blown away at what God has done for us. And that this whole series, Emmanuel, it's all about this, this promise of God making his presence with us, that he is, is ever, ever drawing nearer and nearer. And man, I just, I think, you know, Sean, you were, you were saying kind of offline earlier that you, cause you guys have the benefit. You're one week ahead at the Altamont. And it's almost like sometimes when you're watching a series on Netflix and you watch the first episode and you're like, Oh, this is really interesting, but I'm kind of confused. I don't know what's, I don't know exactly what's going on. Like, but you're kind of hooked. Right. And so you're like, I'm going to watch the next episode because I want to figure out the answer to all these questions, you know? And you were saying you kind of had an experience like that. I don't know if you want to share. Yeah. So I mean, I heard some people say something similar to what you just shared, Tim, of two weeks ago for us when we started the series of, yeah, like this is, I mean, I appreciate it, but it's a little bit abnormal for a Christmas series, you know? Yeah. Uh, but then this last week, Gary Darnell um, did our second week in the series. And so many people said to me, oh man, it makes so much sense now. Now I get it. Yeah. Because, um, you know, we're not going to spend the whole series in in Second Samuel. For you guys this Sunday, you're going to be in, in Luke 1. And it's so much paints the picture of the two sides of the coin. Because we talked about last week, all these different things promised to, to in Second Samuel. And I'll just list them really quick because there's a quick review. These are the things we saw in Second Samuel 7. Yahweh will establish the kingdom from a seed of David. Yahweh's permanent presence is united to the seed's reign. He will have a unique father-son relationship with Yahweh. Yahweh's steadfast love will never leave him. 
And through his royal heir, Yahweh would guarantee David's throne forever. Those are all the things that we read about uh, in this last, this last chunk on Sunday. And then this upcoming Sunday in Luke 1, every single one of those things we see. And so as you read through the scripture, it's so much more you, you understand, oh, that's how we talked about that. Because we're seeing all of those things fulfilled mm-hmm. one for one uh, in, in the coming of Christ. See, so yeah, if a lot of people for me said, oh, man, now the series makes sense and I'm excited for next week. So those of you who are crossing people, uh, stay tuned because the origin story continues. <laughs> Come back for episode <laughs> two. Yeah, yeah and, I, and I love that because when then when you read the, the, the story of Christmas in the Gospels, you can kind of maybe put yourselves in in the shoes of the people that were living it because don't you think they would have been pretty aware of the Davidic covenant, <laughs> right? Don't you think most people, um, it, it, you know, as part of, part of like a Jewish, if you're kind of a good Jewish person, like, yep. you know, the promised, the promise of the Messiah. And then to hear, you know, from all these divine sources, Hey, remember that thing that you've been waiting for, for, you know, generations, it's happening right now. So just, again, it, it kind of like, it kind of underlines that, that just sense of, wow. Yeah. We could spend so much time just, just fixating on this idea of co- the, the covenantal God, Yeah, you yeah. know, and what that means. You know, I've, while Charlie was speaking, my mind was just thinking about, you know, the difference well, how in our current culture, covenants have kind of lost their their significance, you know, and, and often we, we kind of replace the word covenant with contracts and right. contracts get broken all the time. Mm-hmm. You break a contract with someone, what do they say? Sue me, mm-hmm. you know? Right, right, right. So what? It's, 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 it's all, it all, can all get worked out in the court of law. Most people either don't have the stomach or, you know, they whatever. They settle or whatever, yeah. Correct, all those yeah. kind of things. But I, I love this idea of of covenant, and and when you when you throw God into the mix, you know when when God makes a covenant with people, you know no matter how unfaithful we may be, God is always faithful mm. to His covenant promises, always. Yeah. You know, and and um, in, in every biblical covenant, you know God promises to do something, and that's what I hope. You know, we were we were kind of focusing in on like what what did God promise to to do? You know, you look at the promise He made with Abraham. You look at or look at the covenant He made with Abraham. Look at the covenant He made with Noah. He promised to do something. Has that promise been fulfilled? Yes. So then we get to the Davidic covenant. Has that promise been fulfilled? Yes. You know, and so again. <laughs> You, you can't make this stuff up, yeah. you know, we yeah. just, we just keep going back to these, these promises, these fulfilled promises and God is just so utterly faithful. Yeah. And, and that's the, that's kind of the, the main distinction I think between a contract and a covenant, right? Like a contract says, if you do this, I'll do this. Right. 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 But, but God says, and, and there are, if you look at the, the history of the covenants God has made with his people throughout the generations, there are some aspects of the, the covenants that are conditional. Correct. Right? Correct. But, but God always said, he always says my part, yep. I'm going to do, I'm going to do no matter what. And, and that's, what's so cool about, about what Charlie unpacked for us on Sunday was, you know, the, he even told, he even told David ahead of time. There's going to be a lot of failure in this line 
this 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 uh, royal line is going to mess up a lot. There's going to be disobedience and unfaithfulness and phones ringing in the middle of podcasts. Um, there's going to be all kinds of destruction and, 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 um, it's going to be, you're going to fail basically, but, but God is saying I'm, but I'm going to keep that going. And one day there'll be a King that won't fail. Mm. And, and that you can bank on. And I just think that that's so cool. We, I mean, we, we looked at even in our tested series a few months ago that, even when we're faithless, God remains faithful. And that is, man, that is comforting to hear. Yeah. You know, this kind of reminds me of is, uh, this is a bit random, but you guys know that my wife and I, we, we film weddings for a living. We do, mm-hmm. That's our business in addition to my role here at Valley Bible Church. And so because of that, I see a lot of different weddings, you know, and I film lots of different types of weddings and weddings are like people. They're just so different, so diverse. And there's just certain weddings that I, I really cherish and I love being at. And there's a distinction about that wedding that, that makes it just such a special thing. And part of it is they, they love Jesus. That's the first thing, you know, mm-hmm. but then even Christian weddings, there's a, there's a wide plethora of different weddings. Mm. And my favorite weddings to be a part of are the ones where absolutely, you know, where we're gathering today and they say vows and they exchange a ring, you know, and that's special on its own. But these weddings, they, they don't just talk about this day of the wedding. It's not just, oh, today's a beautiful day. No, these weddings, they, they, they lay this story of this couple's history together, you know, of God's faithfulness in these couple's lives leading up to this day. So really it's like, yeah, we're here to celebrate a wedding, but we're not celebrating this wedding. We're celebrating this couple. We're celebrating their history together. We're celebrating the life that came before. Yeah. And then what's now going to come after this because of this wedding. Mm-hmm. And I think in that same way, man, Christmas has, has an opportunity to, to be so much more than just Christmas, you know, so much more than just incarnation, because we're looking at this whole sacred history of God's faithfulness to generations. Like what you said, Tim, of look at all of these covenants God has made and fulfilled. Mm -hmm. You know, surely if he has done all these things and we can trust him about this one. And then looking ahead, look at all these things that this is going to mean for us right now, because Jesus came. And in the age to come too, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Psalm 89 just reminds me of the the mention that's made of this whole um, concept, this Davidic covenant and, and the, the steadfast promises of God. Let me just read a couple verses, Psalm 89. I will sing of the steadfast love of the Lord forever. With my mouth, I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I said, steadfast love will be built up forever in the heavens. You will establish your faithfulness. You have said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David, my servant. I will establish your offspring forever and build your throne for all generations. Mm. And then it just keeps going on, just kind of reinforcing, you know, this, this, uh, the language is, is like basically verbatim. I like know from, it's, from, from yeah. the second. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah I, I really love to really want to encourage everybody to come back next week again, you know, for another reason, uh, the, our, our children at the crossing and at the Altamont campus are going to be, uh, helping us. They're going to help lead worship uh, on, on Sunday. And they're going to share in, in some songs with us and lead us with some songs, some Christmas carols, but they're also going to be sharing some memory work that they've been doing. And, and Christy and her awesome team and Nicole and her awesome team have been helping the kids memorize, uh, 
Luke 1, I think 30 through 33. And if you haven't read that in a while, it's just, it's really cool because basically when, when, um, God sent Gabriel to, to Mary to tell her, Hey, th- this is going to happen. You're going to, you're going to be become pregnant with the savior of the world. You know, this King who is the son of God, who's the most high, um, you know, this is what the angel said. He said, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And so I can't wait to just hear that from the mouths of babes this Sunday. But it was funny, like, when my kids were memorizing this and, and they've got it down, it's, it's, it's really fun. And I've been, I've been quizzing them on the way to school um, over the last couple of weeks. Just, Hey, what, what are your favorite parts of this verse and things like that? And <laughs> they, they love this word forever in the mm-hmm. end. Right. So, so it says he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever and his kingdom will never end. Right. There's this, there's this sense of, of just like, um, a consummation, a finality, uh, mm. just a, 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 you can bank on it. It's, and it's funny. They, uh, I don't know if you guys ever, ever when was the last time you watched the Sandlot, but, uh, you know, oh, it's just, boy. it's his fun, you know, baseball movie. Yeah, yeah, it's this coming of age kind of kid story or whatever. But, um, in the treehouse, squints is telling, uh, smalls like the, the legend of, of the beast, you right. know, which is like the, the dog that <laughs> yeah. eats all the baseballs and stuff. And of course it's, it's highly exaggerated, you know, as, as most things are in a child's mind. Right. But <laughs> when, when, when the beast gets punished and banished to the junkyard for eating all the robbers, you know, by the police, uh, the owner of beast says, how, well, how long does he have to stay there? And the, the, the police officer says forever, forever. <laughs> and then like, you see like squints mouthing. It's just really funny. So my kids really loved that part, but. But if you just think about, you think about that word forever, like what is actually forever? Yeah. Right. I mean, what, what could we see? What could we look at in the world and say, that's going to happen forever? Yeah. I mean, I know there's I, nothing, there's n- nothing is forever except for Jesus and his kingdom. There's some, there's some tree in Kings Canyon that that's known as the oldest living thing yes. on the planet. Have you yes, heard I've heard this? about this. Yeah. I just think that's so funny yeah. whenever I hear that right, because right. it it I put that in contrast with what we know in regard to eternity and yeah. forever, and it's it just, just makes me it's it just blip. makes me giggle. Yeah. Like people are so in wow. I have to protect <laughs> this thing, and yeah, and, yeah. and not that we don't want to right, you know, right, right, care right, for, right. but it's just an interesting contrast. Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like that, I mean, just the idea of eternal hope, you know, of, yeah. of are you actually fixing your eyes upon the idea of forever or, or, or not? And I think sadly, like Satan works really hard to keep us kind of inundated with the right now kind of stuff hmm. you know, with circumstances or with politics or whatever it is. And so it's super easy to fall victim to that, to just be really worried about today and tomorrow and and not look down the road of, man, everything that we are enduring right now, it, of course it matters, you know, Lord is having us go through things for a reason, but still it's like the, the most difficult trial we could even imagine is a blip. It's the tiniest little blip, you know, in the mm-hmm. scheme of eternity spent with, with our father and with Jesus. And I think that when we remind ourselves of that, it's just kind of puts things in perspective a little bit of just, man, do I need to be this distraught over this when I have eternity in my father's house ahead of me, you know? It's a really, it's a really good question. And, and it, and it's not, 
it's not meant to belittle the suffering that we feel because that's real. And it's not meant to belittle the weariness we feel. I think we can all agree it's a, it's a weary world we live in, but you know, are we, are we keeping it in perspective with, with this eternal weight of glory? And yeah, I think, um, you know, we're, it's a, it's really cool. And we'll kind of give a, another little teaser, but in the new year, we're going to be looking at a, a series uh, that goes into heaven that just talks about, it kind of unpacks like what, why should we be so excited about heaven? Like, why does it matter that we think about heaven? You know, why not just stay focused on, on what we got going here? we got some big problems to fix here. You know, we've got all kinds of stuff going on here, but to your point, Sean, when we, when we think about forever, when we think about eternity, it changes the way we live. It gives us a sense of urgency. It gives us a sense of endurance, right? Like if I know that that's my reality, that that's what I'm, where I'm headed, I can, I can go through things with a different sense of, I don't know, strength and perseverance, right? Yeah. I, I love how so often, you know, we will come before God with these tiny, tiny ideas to us. They're, they're mammoth, you know, gargantuan, like David, I'm going to build God a house, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the temple that would house the, the, the presence of the living God, Hmm. you know, and for David, it was, there's no other, there's no other project greater than that physical project, you know, on the planet. Can you guys think of any physical project that would be greater (laughs) than that? Okay. And God says, no, that, that plan is so tiny, so tiny in comparison to what I'm going, uh, Ephesians 3.20, you know, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more, you know, than all we can ask or imagine according to his power work. And and so David's like, I I thought this was going to be so great. And, and, and again, instead of being butthurt or I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but instead of being, (laughs) we'll bleep bleep it out. Okay, good. Instead of being discouraged, you know, I, I, this is where David's, David's character kicks in and, and I can just imagine him saying, I don't fully comprehend what you're saying here, Mm -hmm. but I know your track record. And I know that when you say no to something now, you're saying yes to something better later, Yeah, (laughs) you know? And so I'm going to trust in that. And I, that gets me excited. You know, when, when we think about how that's how God often deals with us, we, we pray about this one little thing and then God's like, okay, prepare for your mind to be blown. Yeah. 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 Well, and that's, what's so cool about, about Charlie's message on, on Sunday is, is he really explained to us what was David's response? Cause he, cause he could have, he could have been disappointed or, or, or offended or, or, or just, he said, well, forget you got him building your house anyway. Right. <laughs> he could have just done that, but he, he responded it with Mar. He marveled at God's favor mm. in the present. Mm. He reflected on his past faithfulness. And then he, he prayed, he basically aligned himself with God's ideas. He said, okay, this is what you're doing. Let me get on board. And he did that through this really great prayer in verses 28 and 29, which Charlie pointed out is like, it's a little bit odd, right? It's like, well, God just said he's going to do something. So then isn't it kind of weird for for David to say, well, let me pray and make sure that thing actually happens, you know? Um, But 
sometimes I think this reveals a little bit about what, what, how our prayer lives can, can be a little bit off kiltered is we, we're not considering God's plan. We're not considering his ways. We're not considering the story that, that we're all in this, this unfolding of, of God's kingdom. Uh, we're not stopping to say, okay, like, where's my place right now in this moment in that story. And so we get, what we get is we get like tunnel vision on something and we, and we pray, Hey, take this pain away, make this easier for me, remove this obstacle, uh, fix this thing, give me this blessing. And those are all, you know, there are, there are, um, types of those kinds of prayers, you know, throughout scripture. But when you, when you see them, they're being prayed with a, a, a perspective of God's story and his plan and what he wants to do. And, and there's a surrender to it. And man, what would our prayer life look like if, if, if the types of prayers we prayed were more scriptural, they were more in line mm. with, with the heart and the language of the Bible. Uh, I think, I think we would start to see um, not only our circumstances from a different, a different lens, but we, but, but I also think there's a lot more um, we're going to see a lot more answered prayer, you know, in, in, in our, the desires that God's giving us, if we pray in line with his plans and his promises, right? That, that's really interesting that you bring that up. And it reminds me of, this is kind of, this is going to be a long circle I'm about to walk in. Okay. But we, you know, we're on staff. You mentioned on the podcast, we're in John 15 memorizing. And it's interesting some of the wording Jesus uses because he, he's talking about how he's the true vine and we're the branches. And by abiding in him, we can bear fruit. Mm-hmm. And by not abiding with him, we can't bear fruit. And we throw it away and cast into the fire. And he says, man, but by this, my father's glorified that you bear much fruit and prove that you're my disciples. But then he says, if anyone, or before he says, if anyone abides in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Mm-hmm. And that's what will glorify God. And it's interesting thinking about that. Cause it's like, man, ask every wish and it'll be done for you. That sounds sweet. I'll take a Lambo for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. But but I think it's implying something, which is kind of what you just scratched on is, is if, if we're praying, if we're abiding in Jesus and asking things that we wish, It'll be done for us. And I think that what it's saying is, man, if we're praying things that are in alignment with what Jesus says and what the Father says, they'll be done, like you yeah, just said. Yeah. And prayers will be answered the way that God promises they will be because yeah. we're abiding in Him. Versus if we're not abiding in Him and praying for just things that we want, yeah. maybe it won't be done for us. You know, and of course we know like on top of that, God works in mysterious ways and his timing is his own and, and all of those things. But Jesus lays it out, which is interesting. And I think just the the piece about it that you mentioned is just uh, our heart being aligned with some of these people we see in scripture, you know, mm-hmm. the Davids of the world and the Pauls of the world or, or whatever. And yesterday I was in this uh, internet forum. Oh uh, boy. And it was uh, slash Christianity. So it's just like for Christian topics and discussions yeah. and we'll subreddit. Yeah. Subreddit. And this, the, uh, there's a post by uh, someone who is a self-proclaimed atheist and they, their post was about Christmas and they said, Christians of the world, can you please explain to me why isn't Christmas a bigger deal to you? You know, why isn't Christ coming a bigger deal to you? Wow. Like we see, you know, Christians posting left and right about politics and all these different things, but, and sure about Christmas season, but not really a big enough deal made about Christ coming, at least in individuals' lives, you know? 
And I thought that was so fascinating. And so I clicked on it and like looked at all the replies and I was so disheartened because mm. the, the replies to it became so political so quickly. And one person said, man, the, the, the far right Christian community is destroying this nation, you know? And then someone else said, man, the, the leftist agenda amongst fake Christians is destroying this nation. You know, and this started this whole thing. And I was just so like looking at this. What a like, missed opportunity. Yeah, yeah, I feel like a crazy yeah. person. Yeah. Like yeah. this is someone who who just said they don't know Jesus Christ. And they're asking a genuine question. And here we are talking about again these these the, the, the most trivial of things in the scheme of eternity. Like what a wasted opportunity where you could have given glory to Christ and instead you you seem like a bunch of bickering children. You know, and, and wow. what, what this reminds me of, which here's the end of my big circle. And I was thinking about that and I was thinking about the gathering series we were just in with Habakkuk yeah. and just kind of that process that he walked through. Cause he had, you know, concerns for his nation mm. and he's worried about Judah and he's like, God, why aren't you doing something? You know? And I don't know if he would have been considered left or right in that time, you mm. know, but he had concerns for his nation, which I think is honorable. And what did he do? He brought them to God. He's like, why aren't you doing anything? And, and, and by the end of Habakkuk, what is his prayer? I'm going to read it because I think it's this is the end, which you reminded me of. Of yeah. what is the prayer like of someone who who had a genuine concern, brought it to God, but then considered God's faithfulness? And he said, "I have seen and heard your works. I know what you've done, God." What is the last thing he says in Habakkuk? He says, "Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the yields the fields yield no food." And the flock be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls. This is a pretty bleak picture so far. Though all of these things, what does he say? He says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deers. He makes me tread on my high places. Hmm. You know, in the gathering, we talked a lot about how that, 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 that feet like the deers is, is it's, it's a sure footedness. Yeah. It's me. I know who my God is. I know what he's done. I know the covenants that he has made and fulfilled. Nothing can shake me. So though the world's a crazy place, you just said, though it's a weary world, what are we going to do? The weary world will rejoice yeah, and, and just give glory to God. So that's my prayer for us in this Christmas season. Yeah, that's a word, dude. That's, that's a word. Good. That's good. Uh, and, I, and I think, you know, what you what you experienced on that subreddit is is so like symptomatic of of, of just the human plight because what was the, what was the issue when, when Jesus came on the scene, why did the Jewish people ultimately reject him? It's because he wasn't the kind of King that they were hoping for or yeah. expecting. And, and they, you know, they were wanting someone to, to politically uh, fix their situation and to, uh, you know, establish, um, you know, Israel to its rightful place. And, and, and what is that? That's self-serving, you mm-hmm. know, it's, and it's, I think we can get caught up in that in our prayer lives too, you know, and just where, where it's like, we're, we're just so focused, like tunnel vision on just like our own comfort or our own, you know, success and flourishing that we're not like seeing the big picture of, of what God is doing, you know, in redemptive history and that we're, we get to be a part of that, that. I love this. Like, you know, the fullness of time had come, you know, God entered into humanity and, and we're, you know, we're in that era. And I think this series can really help us like zoom out and realize that. 
Yeah. Uh, and just this prayer topic that we're on uh, applies so so well to what what we're looking at in this second Samuel passage too, because you know we we read these these excerpts from ancient history, you know, in scripture about David's, uh, just because we're talking about him, his encounters with, with all these different scenarios. Uh, and this one in particular with, with God, Nathan, the prophet, you know, all these kind of things who are reading these accounts. And then we go to the Psalms and we see, David's response, Mm -hmm. you know, so now we've got this, here's the historical account of what happens. Now, what, how did David, how did David's heart kind of Mm. measure that or over time too, right? Because it's hard to, to receive a promise and then wait for that promise. Exactly. And so throughout the course of his life, though he was imperfect, you see this response, like he's coming back and remembering, right? Yeah. yeah, and, and again, we just, just the, the backstory again, we're like, okay, so we've got David, he has this, you know, meteoric rise to power mm-hmm. and fame, becomes king, you know, he wants to do this magnificent thing, Nathan initially, you know, blesses Go it. For it yeah. yeah, and so you've got all this momentum mm-hmm. that's just going, and then dramatic kind of breaks, you know, Mm. these divine breaks are put on and then God does this kind of like twist of, let me tell you what I'm actually up to. Right. As as best you can understand it with your tiny mind and, you know, (laughs) uh, in, in capable in you know, in, in in capacity to know fully what I want to do here. But, but David still says, okay, I, I don't fully understand, but I trust and I'll, I'll pour out my heart in prayer and, and wait. And, yeah. and I won't even see, I won't even see it all come yeah. to fruition. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll do what I, what I can to be faithful and, and trust in you and make a deposit in my faith account and go from there. That's good. That's good. It's a lot to chew on, yeah. Mm-hmm. And this in this origin story, yeah. Yes, maybe one of my takeaways is just uh, on the topic of prayer. If you're not doing this, even just once a day, when you wake up in the morning, you know, read that Psalm 132 and, and model your prayer after David's prayer. You know, with with who our God is, and just see, you know, how the Lord might use that to kind of shape your perspective and your heart. And from that place, hopefully, a lot of amazing opportunities and moments flow out uh, in this Christmas season to behold Christ. Yeah, and and look for opportunities to to use biblical language in your prayers, and the kind of the prerequisite for that is we have to be uh, we have to be abiding in His Word. So I think it's not very likely that we're going to uh, when we're when we're when we're talking to the Lord, it's not very likely that we're going to reach for those those biblical truths and promises mm-hmm. if we're not immersing ourselves in them you know, throughout, throughout the week. And, and I've been kind of harping on this, but, but just, man, like, just take a minute and just see like, what, 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 what is, what is, what has my ear, you know, Mm -hmm. like, what am I being, you know, inundated with? Is it, is it news talk radio? Is it, is it sports podcasts? Is it, you know, um, this 
maybe the, the political leanings of people in the office, or maybe it's a professor that is very, very strong on, on this and you have to sit under their teaching every day. Mm. We, we're, we're, we're getting so much input just from, from the, from the world. And I think a lot of times we don't, we don't intake God's word enough to like, to be the louder voice. And so, man, if we're, if we're doing that more, if we're listening to the Behold podcast and we're coming to church on Sunday and we're meeting with our, with our small group and we're memorizing this passage and we're, you know, we're just in our devotional hour, we're, 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 we're praying through this and that. And I think then it'll be a lot more natural to have our, our prayers more in rhythm with God's heart, you know, but if, but if we're, if the vast majority of our input is coming from the world, then I think our, 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 it's, it's potentially really likely that our prayers will be kind of out of sync with God's heart. Charlie's last point was, you know, to, to rejoice or celebrate in the hope of God's provision. And, I really appreciate how that's not just something that we snatch out of, you know, thin air. Yeah. You know, we've got nothing to base it on. Right. You right. know, it, just the opposite. You know, why would we? Why would we ever put our put our hope or celebrate or rejoice in the hope of God's, you know, provision down mm. the road? Well, we look at His track record. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we just kind of say yes, yes, yeah. I mean, just over and over and over again, mm. we. We, we see and, and hopefully we've got our own record of his faithfulness to us. Yeah. And I think sometimes we are blinded by what he's not yet done. And so we fixate on that, you know, instead of reminding ourselves, wait a minute, look at, look at his track record yeah. with us personally, you know, and, and, you Throughout know, history. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. For ever. And ever I He's give you my heart. Ooh, yeah. It's <laughs> good. It took a weird turn, but I liked it. Dion Warwick? Yeah. Very good. Wow. Very good. Tim's still waiting to give his heart to that special lady. Oh, man. I used to have a crush on Whitney Houston. Oh. Okay, that's Dion Warwick's niece. <laughs> Is that really? I, yeah. I did, yeah, I did know that. Yeah, yeah, that's wow. Funny. We're going off the deep end here. Yeah, we are. Hey, uh, we, we love you guys. We hope that this has just been a useful tool. One of the many, like Dan mentioned, the, that you can use to to look at God's word and let that shape your, your Christmas season. Mm. Enough said. Yep. Merry and, Christmas, and, everybody. And don't get discouraged when God says no to something now. Remember yeah. what he's actually saying? Something yes to something better later. Yeah, that's good. So, uh, Sean, before we, we sign off, should we, should we let everybody know kind of what our plans are for the next, the next couple of weeks and maybe just tell them some, some things they might want to know as, as we celebrate the Christmas season and, and, and really tie a bow on, on 2021. Yeah. I mean, just a, a quick reminder, um, we're not sure what the behold will look like the next two weeks, but it'll definitely be, if anything, a really shortened one. So we're going to be offices will be closed, uh, during between Christmas and New Year's. So just a couple things, you know, that. What what a potential to invite people to be bringers, like you mentioned, uh, to to be um, just just giving glory to Christ with the way you use your time. So a couple things like that. We just had yesterday. Hopefully you went train of lights, which is awesome. Uh, we got Christmas Eve service on Christmas Eve, of course, five o'clock, both campuses. And please, please, please come with your families. Tell your neighbors. Tell your coworkers. Just a a, a service that more than a lot of Sundays 
is, is trying to be intentional towards those who might not know Jesus. So hopefully at any Sunday, you know, the gospel is going to ring true, but this one, especially we're just more mindful of people who maybe wouldn't normally come to church that, that will. So if you know anyone like that, use this opportunity, bring him to church. And hopefully it can be just be one, again, the, a, a pebble in the sandal for, for da- down the road with them. The new year's is coming up and a reminder, we have our next series, which what a great flow going from, mm. from the coming of Christ to the topic of forever We've got heaven coming up. So we'll uh, see you on the 26th, which is going to be a single service Sunday at the crossing and a also a single service Sunday at the Altamont. 10 o'clock. <laughs> 10 o'clock. Both campuses. And we'll uh, launch into our, our heaven series. It's awesome. Love you guys. All right. Be free. I gave you my heart. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.